Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. Last week, the Department of Labor released guidance regarding the COBRA subsidy provisions of the American Rescue Plan Act, offering much-needed answers to some frequently asked questions agents, brokers, employers, and consumers have had over the last month. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, Marcy is here to review this guidance, what it answers and what it doesn't answer. Let's start with some context. The American Rescue Plan provided the federal subsidization for COBRA premiums at 100% between April 1st and September 30th of this year. So, in relation to that, what did the DOL release last week? The Department of Labor released guidance on, I'm tempted to say exactly how this will work, but I don't think I can say exactly. There are still some holes in how this will phase out for certain employers and certain individuals. But this is guidance that came out, like Dan mentioned, as a result of the American Rescue Plan that is subsidizing COBRA at 100%. That, of course, is following the emergency guidance that we received over a year ago from the Department of Labor, which allowed for the extension of the COBRA election period and COBRA continuation. So as much as we are very grateful to have the Department of Labor guidance right now following the American Rescue Plan, the bill is really a year late on what we expected after getting that emergency guidance in 2020. So it's very difficult now trying to reconcile some of these pieces, especially with the 100% subsidization happening for six months, just for April 1 to September 30th. But I'll answer those parts when we get to it. But that's really what the American Rescue Plan was trying to do, was kind of catch up to some of the guidance that we had previously. It just took Congress a lot longer to get there than the nimbleness of the agencies, both under the Trump administration and now under the Biden administration. So the DOL released five model notices last week. The first model notice we're going to discuss is referred to as the Model General Notice and COBRA Continuation Election Notice. So what sort of new guidance does this notice provide? The American Rescue Plan General Notice and Continuation Coverage Election Notice, as it's called, is for group health plans that have qualified beneficiaries who have qualifying events from April 1st through September 30th of this year. So what does that mean? That means that this is for employers who are going to have employees that become eligible for COBRA between April 1st and September 30th. There are notices that we'll talk about in a little bit for employees that become eligible prior to that. But the general notice is for those that involuntarily lose their employer-sponsored coverage or their group plan coverage and are eligible for COBRA between April 1 and September 30th. And it notifies them about this COBRA subsidization, the fact that after September 30th, 
the subsidy ends and then there are sections in the notice for the employer to notify the employee of what percentage the former employee individual would be responsible for versus the employer, how much they're contributing after September 30th when this subsidy ends. So it's a good way of letting folks know, um, especially if they become eligible for COBRA after April 1 and they see that it is fully subsidized, um, making sure that they're aware that that subsidy does end and that they're not caught off guard later in the fall if the employer does not pick up 100% of COBRA, which many don't. So we don't want those individuals to be, like I said, surprised or caught off guard if they're in their eyes suddenly responsible for a portion of that, which is why they have this notice to let them know. Does this make any changes to the time frame in which folks can elect COBRA? So normally, individuals have 60 days to elect COBRA after their receipt of their eligibility notice. Because of the COBRA continuation of coverage and the emergency guidance that we received last year that extended the election period for the time frame for which individuals could elect COBRA, there are some individuals that are still within their election period a, a year later. So with this piece, however, if someone wishes to receive the 100% COBRA subsidy, they do have to elect COBRA within 60 days of receiving the notice to receive the COBRA subsidy between April 1 and September 30th. The next notice we're going to talk about is referred to as the Model Alternative Notice, which addresses one of the largest gray areas in the American Rescue Plan, COBRA subsidy provisions, and that is how these new subsidies relate to state continuation. So what guidance does this notice offer? As you mentioned, this is for use by insured coverage that is subject to state continuation requirements. And that is exactly why there is so much of a gray area. And it's because state continuation laws vary between states, as you can imagine. And this also puts the carriers in the place of being responsible for assisting with the notice to individuals about their eligibility for the COBRA subsidization. And as we have many different state continuation laws. Each carrier, even within the states, is operating differently and interpreting these rules differently. So we have heard kind of anecdotally from agents across the country that they are working with the carriers on exactly how they're going to release the state continuation notices. There's good news and bad news there. Good news is they have a little bit more time to get these out for people to be able to elect and have it retroactive to April 1. But the bad news is I know a lot of employees and employers are going to want to make sure that they have taken care of the notice requirements. And so I think there are going to be many more questions about this. And this is one of the things that we're seeking some clarification on before our Compliance Corner webinar on this for April 29th. The American Rescue Plan Act requires plan administrators to provide a special extended election period for those who became eligible for COBRA prior to April 1st. The model notice in connection with the extended election period delivers guidance in this area. 
Yes. Yeah, so in comparison to the general notice, which is for folks that become eligible for COBRA between April 1 and September 30th, the COBRA continuation notice is for those that became eligible for COBRA prior to April 1 and are still within their 18 months of eligibility to elect COBRA. As some folks might hear about the April 1 to September 30th COBRA subsidization and might think, oh, I didn't elect before when I was previously notified. This gives them another notification that they are still within their extended election period because of that emergency guidance from last year. So they are still able to elect COBRA and be able to take advantage of the subsidy from April 1 to September 30th, depending on where they are in their eligibility period. They are also able to retroactively elect COBRA. Although with that, the subsidy is only going to apply starting April 1, so it doesn't set back the clock for, for the subsidy. And it also does not require them to pay any back premiums for any COBRA that they may retroactively elect prior to April 1. So they don't have to pay back premiums. If they do retroactively elect, they're able to come and receive that subsidy, again, depending on their election period. And this is the notice for those folks that their election period may have been triggered prior to the subsidies beginning. So the fifth and final model notice we'll discuss today provides guidance on instances where this subsidy could expire earlier than September. What are some of those scenarios outlined in the model notice? So this notice, similar to the notice that we just discussed, is also for people who became eligible for COBRA prior to April 1 but are people who may end up at the end of their 18 months of eligibility in between that April 1 and September 30th timeframe. So it lets them know that they are going to kind of time out of their COBRA eligibility period during those six months. And so then once that timeframe ends, they are not able to take advantage of the rest of that time period for the subsidy. So if their 18 months ends on August 15th, then that cuts them off and they're not able to receive the subsidy for the rest of that time period. So this notice lets them know that they are going to hit that trigger during the six months of subsidies. So once again, similar to those other folks that are getting notices that, you know, after September 30th, they're going to be responsible for their premiums with possible shared responsibility with their employer. This is once again, allowing these folks to have notification. So they're not surprised during the subsidization period when they are asked to either contribute or given notification that their COBRA has ended and it's time for them to possibly enroll in a marketplace plan or seek coverage under Medicaid or look for other alternatives for coverage. So what would you say are some things that members and their clients should be considering in relation to this guidance? The Alternative coverage notice, along with many of the other notices, does point out that individuals need to take into consideration whether they could possibly qualify for a marketplace plan and receive a subsidy or whether they are qualified for other types of coverage. If an individual does qualify for employer-sponsored coverage under a new employer or a spouse's employer, they are no longer able to qualify for COBRA in the premium subsidy. Similarly, if they decide that the COBRA plan isn't for them, 
or enroll into a marketplace plan and receive a subsidy, they cannot end their coverage in the marketplace plan and switch back over to COBRA. So individuals need to really weigh what's best for them when they're receiving these notices and make a decision because it can be very hard, if not impossible, for them to switch between plans jumping from from COBRA to the marketplace or vice versa. So individuals need to take into consideration where they are in, if they have already elected COBRA, where they are in their deductibles. If they've met their deductible, they probably don't want to enroll in a different plan. If they haven't met it yet and a marketplace plan is far cheaper, that might be a good decision for them. Many of the notices also make folks aware that they're also able during this time to select if an employer also offers a plan that is less rich in benefits than the plan that they're currently enrolled in. They are able to kind of tear down along with their COBRA subsidy. So that could be a better option for them on the back end of September 30th when they are then responsible for some share of the premium along with whatever their employer is contributing. So these are all some things that people should take into account, as well as whether they have a spouse or dependents on their COBRA plan. Those spouses and dependents are also able to qualify for the COBRA subsidy. So that might make a big difference in whether someone stays on their COBRA plan through this period or decides to go to a health insurance marketplace plan. These are all great questions to discuss with your clients and to make sure that they're discussing with their employees that might be taking advantage of this. What are some outstanding questions that we still have that are not quite covered by this guidance? There are some different questions about what could be a qualifying event when the subsidies end, whether the end of a government subsidies triggers a qualifying event, even if individual hasn't exhausted their COBRA time period. There are some differing opinions on that that we're seeking clarification on. Usually when employer subsidized COBRA ends or changes, it does trigger a qualifying event, which is why this becomes a bigger question for the end of the government subsidies and and especially with some state continuation plans that might vary. There are also some questions that we have about What happens when you're in an open enrollment period and the COBRA plan is no longer available, or if an individual is forced to go up in a plan because their plan is no longer available and the only plan that is available is more benefit-rich than they already have? Is this something that will force them to forfeit the subsidy? Those are questions that we have, especially if an employer ends up changing carriers between April 1 and September 30th. How does that affect the subsidy, especially if you have someone that, let's say the employer changes carriers on May 1, you have someone that retroactively selects COBRA, so they're retroactively selecting into a time period when the employer was with a previous carrier, but they're selecting it during the time period with when the employer is with a new carrier. I know that's hard to follow when you're listening along. But that's another concern that we have that isn't really fleshed out in the guidance or the FAQs. Also, the fact that there are some instances where COBRA lasts longer than 18 months. And so what happens in those situations if someone is in one of those situations where COBRA lasts beyond 18 months, but the guidance here is saying that at the end of 18 months, they hit that point between April 1 and September 30th that their subsidy ends. So 
another good question that we're trying to seek clarification on. We understand this is so confusing. Unfortunately, the FAQs from the Department of Labor probably brought up more questions than they answered. So we are seeking clarification on these finer points and trying to offer them up to the Department of Labor as suggestions, um, further guidance or further FAQs for them to release. Like I mentioned, we do have our compliance corner webinar on the COBRA subsidies on April 29th, and we are seeking this guidance prior to the compliance corner webinar. So hopefully we will have some clarification on these pieces by then. I also would urge you if you have questions that come up either as a result of this podcast or as a result of the Department of Labor guidance, if you send them to legislative at NAHU.org, we will include them in, in the Compliance Corner webinar on April 29th. We're trying to collect our kind of our own group of FAQs that we do have answers to that we can include there to make sure that we're answering some of your concerns where we do have some guidance or examples that we can provide. It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. What are we toasting to this week? This week, we are toasting to Dee Dee Kennedy, the chair of the Mental Health Task Force, as, as well as the other members of the Mental Health Task Force. This week, we had very short notice of a House Help Subcommittee hearing on mental and behavioral health, and they helped us to be able to put together testimony to advocate on behalf of our agents and brokers and their clients when it comes to certain areas of mental and behavioral health. And so I will direct you over to this week's Washington update so you can read the testimony that we submitted along with a summary. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.